Hi, I'm Obi Spencer. I'm here with Ed, and this is Drinking from the Garden Hose. We're a couple of cranky old men in training, and we're here to talk to you today about music. Ed, how are you? Doing great. Uh, Today's kind of our first fan request topic, so I'm I'm excited about this topic. Absolutely. I'm not mistaken. It was requested by the girl next door. (laughs) That that is correct. The the gorgeous girl next door did request this topic. So, of course, we're still we're still doing what the girl next door says and going down that path. Before we go any further, Ed, you may or may not have noticed that I am a little scruffier than usual. And I, I apologize to everyone, but I'm going to shout this out for a couple of podcast, podcasts we're going to get in this month. This is No Shave November or Movember, depending on what you want to call it. And it's all about men's health. And uh, me specifically, when I say men's health, I'm talking about those of us with prostates in this prostate uh, cancer awareness this month. Remember, if it could take Steve Jobs, none of us have the money to beat it if you don't get early detection. So talk to your doctors about that. Now on to, to something a little more uh, exciting. Ed, we said we are going to talk about music and our musical journeys. And I know you started throwing out some of the early songs that you remember from when you were a kid. So what are like the earliest bands and music that you remember growing up with? Yeah, Obi, you know, you started talking about cancer awareness. I, I just remind me at another podcast, I got to talk about the time I went to the ER and I had a prostate exam, uh, which I wasn't looking forward to. But we'll get to that in another episode. But yeah, so let's get back to music here. So just, you know, think back in the day, right? We, we grew up with record players. We had albums, 33s, and we had singles, 45s, right? And I, my earliest memories of music was having like a 45 of like Mickey by Tony Basil. And I freaking wore that record out. Or Gloria by Laura Branigan. I can't believe like I'm admitting to listening to this music. Michael Jackson, like I was big onto that. And then, you know, my parents got me into like Zeppelin in the Stones. Thank God for my parents, right? Absolutely no. I, up until you know, like the early, the very early '80s. Yes, I mean it was all records. We were recording things on tape. Um, look, everyone liked Michael Jackson. You don't need to be embarrassed about it. He was the most. Uh, Thriller was the greatest selling album of all time for a long period of time. It took more people being alive in order to outsell Thriller. Uh, 1984, though, also had 1984 by Van Halen. So I was kind of going in two directions early. I can think of early pop songs I know. The Leader of the Band by Dan Fogelberg was like a song every time I heard that on the radio. I always loved it. It's kind of folksy song. Like I said, you got Thriller. And then you had Van Halen. And for me, from Van Halen, I kind of left the pop realm. And like you, went to some Led Zeppelin and down that classic rock path uh, with heavy metal uh, coming up right behind it. Yeah, I think, you know, yet when I look back on the 80s music genre, like I listen to 80s on 8 right now, and there's some good songs. Like I still think that's the best date of, decade of music. And maybe it's because that's when I was coming of age. But you're right. I went into the heavy metal, and I heard one day I was on MTV. Remember MTV when they actually showed music videos? Absolutely. Kids today don't even know what a music video is. Oh, actually, I should take that back. I think music videos are all over YouTube now. Now they measure a, a video by how many likes and, and views it gets. But, you know, I saw Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine on MTV. And at that moment, I was hooked on on Guns N' Roses. And then, you know, guys into Aerosmith and Queen and Molly Crew. And then, you know, by the time I got to college, Metallica, and it just got heavier and heavier. I think it all comes back to the guitars. I think that is uh, the 80s glam rock and guitar 
combo was really what, you know, the path you were discussing and, and totally bought into that myself as well. Um, there are some songs that just, when they hit MTV, kind of changed everything. One of them was, uh, like you said, Sweet Child of Mine. Another one of them was One by Metallica. And then the other song that totally changed the world when they hit MTV uh, was Nirvana, Smells Like Teen Spirit. Like that just stopped everything and just rewrote how music was going to go. And, and although I didn't fully go down the grunge path, I have plenty of friends who did in the Pearl Jam Soundgarden world. I did stay more on the Iron Maiden, Metallica, well, Megadeth was already kind of on its way out, Anthrax type stuff. But that was like the first time that I, you know, I noticed splits, you know, like, oh, you know, it used to be pop music and rock music and like, oh, there's even different levels of, of, of rock music with grunge versus heavy metal, both coming out of and sort of turning down the hairband thing that was Def Leppard. By the way, Def Leppard, pour some sugar on me. The line in that song is uh, a radar phone and I swear they were way ahead of their time, and, and you listen to that song. They say "red iPhone." I don't, I don't know how they knew an iPhone was coming, but <laughs> so I think it's it, you know when we talk about music, it's almost like you have a you have a soundtrack to your, your like elementary, middle school days, and there's a soundtrack. Like when you hear a song, you're like, I was in high school. I remember driving to this party that night listening to this song. Right, like songs can take you back to high school. Songs can take you back to parts of college as well. And the, the grunge piece, right, was like kind of my second half of college. And the first half of college was like the Metallica Guns N' Roses years. And then Nirvana hit and Pearl Jam. So, like, I just, you know, think about the fraternity basement. And I can just think of the mixtape. Remember, so, like, you know, mixtapes. We used to have to freaking piece together tapes, songs, and, and, and just to, and then we could burn CDs. But, you know, some guy, some guy had to come up with what was tonight's soundtrack going to be. But, yeah, it takes me right back to the fraternity house basement, some song. Absolutely. And then other songs take me like right out, same same time period that you and I are talking about. Then there was a whole dance music soundtrack, and that was out at the bars. Oh, what a night. Uh, Build Me Up Cotton Buttercup. Cotton Eye Joe. Like just all these songs that you would never listen to if you're just hanging out with people. But if you're at a bar, you're like, these are songs that are on, everybody's dancing. Like, you're right. Because then you had this, these two completely different soundtracks. You know, I hear Cotton Eye Joe and Oh What a Night, and I'm back at the nightclub at Rutgers every single time. Every $2 single pictures, time. $2 pictures on Tuesday night listening to Build Me Up Buttercup, trying to find a young lady that might want to, I don't know, walk home with you. Exactly. Exactly. Instead, you played darts until the pictures were four dollars, and then you went home alone, all too often. But you know, the music was inspiring. So the music was inspiring back then. But like, let's think about some other things that were happening in our youth around music, right? So you had the whole Tipper Gore piece of uh, the parents, whatever the hell their real name was. I just remember watching Ozzy Osbourne had to have to go to Congress to talk about the lyrics and. Then they started putting stickers on CDs that basically told me I wanted to buy that CD because there was bad words in it. Absolutely. And I'm going to get the band wrong. I don't think it was Rage Against the Machine. I think it was the Chili Peppers, right? They would come out. The Chili Peppers came out, would come out with the uh, socks on their cocks. But I think it was Rage Against the Machine who just came out and didn't play music at 
for a whole set. They just had like boom to protest the whole Tipper Gore thing. And like you said, where that ended, and I know it's where it ended, they ended up putting up warning labels on the records, right? And for the movie industry, we do hear like, oh, it's hard. The radar movies don't sell as well. Oh, it's the first radar comedy that make you know this much money or whatever. But you put those labels on records, and that's a big difference between music and movies. You're telling the kids to buy this record. And I remember when I came back from college, I was working in a pizzeria, and there was a kid who was working in a pizzeria four or five years younger than me. You know, I was 23, 24. He was 18, 19. And he wouldn't buy a record unless it had an explicit label on it. It's like, obviously, it's not good. There's no explicit label on it. So that totally backfired. Yeah, well, listen, I'm almost 50, and if I'm going to download a song, and we're going to get to that in a second, but there's an explicit version and a clean version, what version do you think I'm going to buy? I'm buying the explicit version, because that's the real version. Look what, and I know, right, and I'm, I'm tangenting here, not from where we said, look what they did to CeeLo Green's Fuck You, right? They turned that into Forget You. <laughs> and it was just, it, like, it was good, because it was how you felt and forget you you're like yeah i guess this is the radio version but no i still want to listen to the original song so so that was my thing about guns and roses like so i heard sweet child of mine on mtv and then uh my neighbor had like the actual the cd and we started listening to the the, the first song out of the bot and you know it starts there's an f-bomb in like the first line second line i was like whoa my parents never let me listen to this music. I mean, that music. Well, don't forget that that and that record, that their initial cover. That every multiple F-bombs. And, I, I, what? You, you blanked out, so I started talking. I apologize. But the, the cover to Appetite for Destruction that people think of is like the Iron Cross cover with the skulls on it. But that wasn't the original cover to the album even. It was the inner cover, the inner sleeve, that picture, which is called The Wraith, that was the original cover. And that caused all sorts of issues on Appetite for Destruction. Yeah, and I, and I can understand why. But, you know, listening to those lyrics, that's, that's when you just realize, wow, people have something to say. And it shouldn't be censored. When you got something to say, that's like, you know, I used to listen to this song uh, by Accept on, on the radio. My mom used to always get mad at me because it was called Balls to the Wall. And if anyone's ever heard that, there's a, the line in there goes, you got your balls to the wall. And I would just giggle like a little eight-year-old boy. <laughs> and my mom would get so pissed. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I remember once on a Boy Scout trip, and I didn't remember this when we were talking before. It just hit me. Um we were driving up or everywhere, and the song comes on the radio, and it's not Balls to the Wall. It's, uh, oh, my goodness. It was one. It was a song that was pretty, oh, I want to do it. Let, why don't we do it like animals? You and me, baby, nothing but animals. And, uh -huh. the, and that was a song that was clearly about sex, and the, the guy driving the car was like, next song. And it was probably <laughs> like Joy to the World he switched to. It was like, oops, not that tune. Who was that? Yeah, so there, there's definitely songs back in the day that were inappropriate. And then, and then let's not forget Two Live Crew, right? So that came up in our youth as well. Two Live Crew had some of the craziest lyrics you'll ever hear in music today. But they had catchy beats. Like, how could you not find yourself listening uh, to a Two Live Crew song? I, I remember sure there were you were talking no about taking you back. Even when I watch now... Um, Full Metal Jacket, and it gets to the scene where the sound bite came from. Oh, me so funny. I'm back in a car with uh, this guy, Jason Fontana, and Kurt Giovanni, a couple other dudes driving around 
just listening to that album because we were at a party with all our parents and we we're like, well, we want to listen to this album. So we had to, you know, to get out and just drove around the block for like an hour just listening to the whole album. But then one of the other things that I think we started talking, we were said we were going to talk about, and I, I want to stick with this here on the lyrics, is some songs I didn't realize what they were about. Um, and and totally missed it at the time. And, and we've been talking about Appetite for Destruction. And I was such an idiot as a youth. I thought Mr. Brownstone was some rich guy living in the Bronx. Who <laughs> was coming around, knocking on their door. And like, I thought they were some dudes who were trying to party. And the snooty guy who lived in the Brownstone apartment coming around going, stop partying. And now I realize it's Mr. Brownstone. It's obviously about heroin. Uh, you know, get easy, easy yes, to miss yes. when you're a young teenager. Any, I have a list of songs here I'm gonna kind of go over with you on some of those, but do you have any of your own that you're like one day later, like, oh, that's oh, my bad? You know, Obi, I, I want to hear your list, but, but I think I was a pretty, you know, well developed right. young man, I kind of knew everything. All right, so we're gonna you start know, with smart. Uh, Afternoon delight. <laughs> Skyrockets in flight. <laughs> Afternoon delight. And probably I heard this a bunch of times at like weddings when I was a kid and you know, I thought of it as an adult old timey song. And then I listened to it as an adult. And it's clearly about hooking up with your babe and having sex. You know, I'm gonna find my baby, gonna hold her tight, gonna grab some afternoon delight. There is no, it's not even hidden. But all you think about, you know, Obi, I've been married for over twenty years, and I I just found out what the name of that song meant. I never knew what that meant. Uh, I mean, delight. Now that there's COVID, my kids in school. <laughs> but before then, <laughs> no, right. not really. Um, and a lot of these songs are you just didn't realize they were about sex. But I really like the ones that were about drugs that you thought were about love. And so one of those songs is, is Dreamweaver. Uh, you know, when you hear that song, you get taken back to Wayne's world. Dream, I can't even try to sing that one like afternoon tonight, but Dreamweaver, I believe in Get Me Through the Night. And, you, and so you, I'm reading over the lyrics or listening to the song and trying to see like the nice things he's saying about this woman and why she will get through the night. And it's clearly no woman involved in this song at all. I just close my eyes, climb aboard the Dreamweaver train, Driver, take away my worries today and leave tomorrow behind. It's all about sleeping pills and being knocked out and possibly acid, but it feels more just like, you know, just passed out sleeping. There's probably more songs written about yes. drugs than there are. Women. Yes, there are. And now another song about drugs, but it's much more new. It's much, and it's the song that got me on this kick in general. It's not. And as soon as I heard it, I knew it was about drugs, but I knew other people didn't, specifically younger people, is Can't Feel My Face by The Weeknd. Here's another song, it's all about being high. I Can't Feel My Face with I'm With You is not about being in love with somebody. <laughs> I will not, Don't but right, right now she's thinking, I can't feel my face when I'm with you, but I like it. Uh, no, no, you don't, sweetheart. I love him, Daddy. You know how I know right, I love him? Right. That's, that's what you wanted face. to say and just move on. 
I have two more songs I want to discuss. Um, and then we can get back to uh, another really interesting conversation about music you had. So one of these I discovered, well, I just Googled this to see like, what, what are some songs that maybe I missed um, that I, I knew already and missed or like thought were secret. And a lot of them were like, no, if you just, it's, they're so obvious. But one of the ones that isn't so obvious is apparently Tutti Fruity by Little Richard, um, which says Tutti Fruity, oh Rudy, wop bop a loop bop a lop bam boom. Uh, you will not be letting your 11 year old listen to what the original lyrics were uh, because it's not total gibberish. It was actually originally about anal sex. The uh, lyrics were tutti fruity, good booty. If it don't fit, don't force it in. You can grease it, make it easy. So that's what today I learned on the internet. There's no way in hell I believe that. Just because it's on the internet doesn't make it true. Okay. okay. There's no way in hell I believe that one. I mean, it's an awesome, awesome story. Though. I, I, I will but take I don't that believe as a that. single sourced story, uh, no double sources, and it's very possible it's not true. <laughs> you know, that's that that is right up there. The time I found out what tossing tossing your salad meant when I was watching a prison show on HBO and they talked about getting your salad tossed. I I can't eat salad ever since I heard about that. No more. And I'm not sure I can listen to Little Richard sing Tutti Fruity. Not that I really like that song anyway, but are you freaking kidding me? Grease it up, and if it doesn't fit in, what the hell? No more, no more IHOP for you, Ed. And so my honorable oh, mention my song is actually the one that goes the other way. It is totally appropriate, yet it sounds inappropriate. And that's Huey Lewis in the News, who wrote a true love song, but it was called I Want a New Drug. And the first few times I'm listening to song, like, parents can't let me hear this, let me hear me listening to this song. And then one day my mom's blasting it. I'm like, huh? And then I later realized it literally is. I want to, I want to be with you so bad. And the feelings you give me are so great. I just want something that's easy to do to get that. And a drug that will do that versus uh, actually being about a drug that does that. So that's my honorable mention for flipping the script and making it sound like you're about drugs when you're actually about love. That's that's those are some great insights there, Obi. I, I appreciate it. And like I said, I'll, some songs I'll never be able to listen to the same way again. Um, I think one other thing on music before I want to jump into to live music is just think about. I started this conversation off talking about thirty threes and forty fives albums, right? And then we progressed to CDs, and CDs were cool because they were smaller. You could have like six in a, a CD player, and you could do shuffle and random and you didn't have to use the, the needle. And I love CDs. I, I really enjoyed them. And then we got to iPods, right? And iTunes. And we bought music, 99 cents for a song. And we had to have it on our computer and remember our password. And we could burn CDs. But now you have streaming services like, you you know, Apple Music, Amazon. Right? You have all streaming services. And I've gone from owning albums to boxes and boxes of CDs to tons of mp3s and quite frankly i'm not sure i own a freaking song right on board i remember well when i got married i had a cd collection of over 500 cds and um i met up with a guy who had a cd collection of 500 cds and we literally just exchanged collections 
And, you know, I started ripping all his CDs. He started ripping all mine, the MP3. So I had my 500 CDs. And I still have the, the, the drive that had all those music. And as soon as I ripped all my CDs, I sold them at a garage sale. I was just, whatever, just take these CDs. Just get them out of my house. Get the music out. And now that drive that I have, I gave to my kid to use for school. Because, like you said, it's all in the cloud. Um, I don't know what I own. I don't know what I don't own. I pay for one of the many music services that are out there. Uh, Apple, actually, and it's worth mentioning because remember, if you're listening to this podcast on Apple, like it, leave comments. I see we have a growing number of people listening on Apple, but I digress. And I sold all my CDs. And like you said, I don't know what I own. I, my wife occasionally buys songs. So like they show up in the purchased queue, but I don't know which ones are we own, which ones we don't own. And you can get any song you want now. And it's essentially for free. Yeah, we, I, we, you know, we use Amazon here, which is appropriate because you can just say, hey, Alexa, play Drinking from the Garden Host podcast and it'll play it. And I hope it doesn't happen right now. Oh, it's it's going to start right now. Hold on one second. Hey, Alexa, stop. You got to be careful when you talk about Amazon. But, but when you, you, you know, you can just get any song you want. So I, I don't own any songs myself. So, I think that's changed a lot for a lot of kids. I mean, my kids don't know what it's like to own music. They just speak to the Alexa, and the next thing you know, something's playing. So, Obi, I think we, we talked a lot about music. I want to talk a little about live music, concert experience. What is your, what is your first memory? Saratoga Performing Arts Center, out? Tina Turner. Uh, right during the tour that she did after the, um, the Mad, Max, Mad Max movie. So it was after What's Love Got to Do With It. It was uh, We Don't Need Another Hero. I saw her in concert, outdoor venue, went with my parents. Uh, I was a big Tina Turner fan at the time already, What's Love Got to Do With It. And, uh, yeah, that was my first concert experience. How old were you? Pretty young. Like, pretty young. Probably 13, 12 it was not my first. I also remember my first concert without my parents was ACDC. Um, the uh, nice. Thunderstruck. No, the album before Thunderstruck, I think. But that was my first uh, concert uh, without my parents at ACDC. So, so my first concert experience, I was 15 years old, and I went to the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. It sat about, I don't know, 2,500 people. I saw the kinks as a 15 year old and we were about 14th row center. So pretty good seats for the, for the kinks. Uh, and the kinks were a pretty, pretty good band, a lot of guitar. So it was good. But the, the most memorable part about that is, you know, 15, I couldn't even drive. So my mom dropped me and my buddy off and uh, we go into this concert arena and we're in there and the kid, the row right behind us, he was probably two years older than us. He's smoking a blunt. I mean, marijuana is all over the place. And he, and he looks at us and he's like, Hey, you want some? And, you know, mind you, I was, you know, as a 10-year-old, I was in the backseat of a Z28 with some guy bumping lines of coke. So, like, it's not like this was my first rodeo, but, you know, of course, you say no, you know, because don't do drugs, Nancy Reagan. And my buddy was like, no, we don't do that. We play baseball. We can't be doing drugs. And I'll never forget this kid looked at us. He goes, come on, man, try something. <laughs> hit 300. And, uh, and as, as legend would have it, I did not have any. And, uh, 
you know, I only lasted one year in the high school baseball system. <laughs> if only I had smoked that weed. No, that's the wrong drug to hit 300, by the way. We know that uh, the, the right drug for 300 is... is... Yeah, I, di I didn't want to get it. I didn't want to get into it about it, how it was a depressant and it would uh, slow your reaction time. But, you know, I digress on that one. But, you know, other concert experiences, you know, I've, I've seen a lot of concerts and I don't I don't I don't want to list them all. But I'm just thinking about some memorable ones. Right. So I went and saw the Guns and the infamous Guns and Roses tour uh, in 92 when AXA was like three hours late every night. And so let me tell Where you, did you see it is absolutely nuts. When people so we were there together. We didn't know each other. We were there together. And okay, so so you'll remember this, right? So Axel's so Soundgarden plays first, and then and then nothing, right? But when when a, an audience is waiting for an act like Guns N' Roses, they don't out, we're like caged animals. And what and, and what happened? All of a sudden, there was these big screens up that were supposed to show the the band, right? But they start panning around the audience, and then all it took was one chick to lift her, her shirt up, and you saw boobies, right? And then, boom, the next one. And so for the next hour, right, hour or so, all it was was nonstop girls flashing the, the camera, right? And it was almost a letdown when Axel so, and the boys and came out. I'd already gone to concerts alone with the group of guys I was at that concert with. But the guy's younger brother wanted to go to that concert. So we were there with the younger brother, who I've now seen countless concerts with as well, and the stepdad. For that. It, it, but it wasn't. It just wasn't. I mean, the, the stepdad has had, had I have, I could, uh, this stepdad was, was not always uh, doing the right thing. Let's just say that. So, he made it unawkward, which was great, but it, it was awkward the first the, for the first five or ten minutes, and then you know we're just like hey, ignore him. And yes, so 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 my younger brother was with me, and he was still in high school at the time. And and, and again, the boobies that wasn't the big deal. The funny part about that was we finally get out of that concert. And if you remember, it ended like right as the time the last train out of Penn Station was running, or you had to wait like four hours in Penn Station. And, and, you know, that just back in the early 90s was not the spot you wanted to be. Anyway, we Paradise City ends. We run. We get on the train. We get back to New Brunswick. And, and my brother spent the night with us in uh, at the fraternity house. Of but course. You remember our brother Booger? That was that was the night brother Booger got lost on his way to the bathroom and ended up in my room because we, we left the door unlocked. And he ends up, I just hear my brother going, yo, man, what are you doing? And I look, and, all, and my brother's tackling Booger. Booger had... Uh, he basically just pissed on my brother's clothes, <laughs> like on his duffel bag. And we, so we had to go to the laundromat the next day to wash my brother's clothes before he took a train home to see my parents. So my parents never heard that story. They're fans of this podcast. So, so now they heard that. And so I got one other crazy concert story, Obi. Uh, saw Spin Doctors at Rutgers University. Saw them on Livingston campus. Now, Spin yeah. Doctors, two princes, right? Um, not a band that you're going to crowd surf to, but yet we know this guy named Spaz and he's crowd surfing at Spin Doctors and he gets dropped. They drop his ass, right? And he, he like twists his knee. He's like writhing in pain and uh, he ends up getting the ambulance called on him, right? So the ambulance comes, gets him, takes him to New Brunswick to a hospital. So I leave the concert to go over and get him, you know, to see what's going on and to get him out of the hospital. As I'm walking into the hospital, he's walking out. So I walk in, 
He walks out. I turn around. I follow him out. I'm like, yo, Spaz, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, I got the hell out of there. I said, you can't just walk out of a hospital. He goes, well, I did. So he never paid a bill. I don't think they know his name. And uh, Excellent. just walked out of the hospital. So I'm going to – I got – some good, some concrete stories. I, you know, th- this is the part of the podcast where I wish I could tell a story as well as you, because I think I may have more concert stories than you do. But I'm not as good of a storyteller. <laughs> but I will, I will tell the story of uh, of going to Woodstock. So when we went to Woodstock, ninety, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, ninety four, Woodstock ninety four, which was if anyone ever looks up the Woodstock 94 Nine Inch Nails concert, that was uh, one of the two or three best shows I've ever seen. But mud all over the place. Mud all over around, the place, Walking right? in mud above your calf at times. And so as we're walking around this rainy field, lost, couldn't figure out where the, couldn't figure out how to read the map. We passed this side stage, me and the guys. And on the side stage, there are three naked men throwing a frisbee in a triangle. But that wasn't even the weirdest part. The weirdest part was the fourth naked man walking the same path as the frisbee was going. It was the strangest thing I've ever seen. I don't think I've looked at naked men for like that long of a period of time. It was just like, this is so weird. And you watch it like. So was that actually, I think what you saw was the actual genesis of the Lollapalooza tour. Uh, Lollapalooza was already out by then. Come on now. I but don't know. yeah, I mean, were these guys? I'm so, the only thing better about that than playing frisbee is if they were that, playing that would have been better. But it was like, how did they get a stage there? Was there supposed to be a stage there? Is this like a, like a side side stage? And yeah, I don't think I've ever looked at naked men that long. I was like, for you know, okay, that's what they're doing. Yeah, okay. And then you know, you walked on, and I think that was pretty much everyone's uh reaction to that performance art. So that was a concert, and then we got to see. That amazing Nine Inch Nails show, which I recommend everybody just go and take take the hour and watch it on YouTube. It's fantastic. So, Obi, that's absolutely right. YouTube. So that's one of the things I wanted to talk about concerts, right? I'm too old to go to. I, I wish I wasn't too old to go to concerts, but I just haven't found any that I want to go to. Uh, I think they're, you know, this is where my crankiness comes out. I think they're too loud. I think they're too expensive, too much of a pain in the ass when... I can just watch them on YouTube. Uh, I'm a, I mean, that's what I do. I just watch them on YouTube by the fire pit. I, I'm going to disagree with you. So my wife made, not made, that's not even the right word. She asked me to, and I happily took her to see Pink a few years back. Amazing show. Was, uh, we, had, we ended up sitting behind the stage because in Philadelphia, I got tickets dead on to this, looking at the stage, but in the top section... And since it's a hockey arena, it gives you vertigo. And she has she's afraid of heights, my wife, and so she could not take it. So we went down and we asked for different seats, and they gave us seats behind the stage, uh, like a row back. But it was an amazing concert. So I don't get we, my wife and I. We saw Britney Spears, not as amazing. We saw her in Vegas, well worth the experience, just because it was Vegas. So we loved it. And Britney Spears, you know how they have the free Britney thing. When you were at that concert, you could yeah. see that somebody was making her do that show. Like she was like, "Yes, I'm dancing and I'm singing the song and the lyrics, but please, somebody get me out of here, please!" Like so, you could see that in her performance. Um, yeah, I, I still go to a few concerts. 
we've been to some classical music concerts at the Mann Center, and we recently saw uh, Weird Al Yankovic. That was great. So I still go to concerts. Yeah, you're nowhere near. Yeah, you're nowhere near cranking me. The last concert I saw was uh, 12 years ago. My daughter was four years old, and we went and saw Miley Cyrus. And I wore ear I wore earplugs because the din of the screeching of all the young girls there was louder than anything I had ever heard in my life. And and that was believe it or not, that was the last live concert I went to. Was my yes, I'm I'm less cranky on music than you are. It appears. Um, yeah, I'm 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 fine with watching it on YouTube. But I do wear ear I did wear earplugs. I believe at the um, at the uh, Weird Al Yankovic concert just because my ears are bad now because I went to so many concerts without earplugs was not the wisest decision. If if you're young still and you're looking at us like we're really cranky and old and crazy, just get the 32 decibel earplugs, put them in, you hear the music just fine. You won't hear the people you're there to talk to, talk to, but that's okay. You don't need to just say yes and pass it back. You're probably not going to hear. You're probably not going to hear them anyway. And you could just text them. That, that's right. That's right. You're filming it. Text them. Send it over. And and and, and be back. that. You know, whatever happened to lighters at the end of a concert? That you know, they got the phones now. Whatever happened to lighters? You know, first <laughs> first of all, it's probably illegal to light them in a, in an arena. But you're right. I mean, that whatever happened to lighters? Everyone holds up their cell phone. But what about whatever happened being able to go to a concert and watch it without having to watch it through somebody else's phone in front of you as they're right. recording it, right? I mean, everybody everybody lifts their phone up to, to record everything, and you almost have to watch it through there. So I think, you know, back, back in the day, without cell phones, yes, you couldn't watch the stuff on YouTube, uh, so I'm thankful for them, but they didn't get in the way, right? And people paid attention to the music, so... I think there's a, a lot has changed for the good, but uh, in in this case, I think people got to get the lighters back out and put the phones in their pockets. Absolutely. I believe you are correct. And this has been a, a particularly long episode, uh, probably because it's a subject we are intimately aware of, and we could have probably gone on in any one of these sections for a long time. And, of course, we couldn't keep it down to the time we're supposed to because the charm is that we suck. And... Uh, can't stick to a schedule in this case. But do you have anything to say before I wrap this up? Tell people where they can find us good, good stuff. Yeah, Obi, you know, they can just find us wherever they find their podcasts and, and just love the feedback. Let us know what your favorite concerts were, your favorite music was. Tell us if we got anything wrong. But other than that, uh, you're right, uh, Obi. We suck. We can't <laughs> even stick to a schedule. I'm Obi. That's it. This is Drinking from the Garden Hose. <laughs> <laughs>